Welcome to Nepal Now, the podcast where we discuss new ideas and initiatives to move the country forward. My name is Marty Logan. A lot has happened around menstrual health issues in Nepal in recent years, and it seems that all that work is bearing fruit. In its last budget, the government pledged to drastically cut the tax and import duty on menstrual hygiene products, while a toolkit created by a group of organizations will soon be distributed in government schools. Today's guests have taken very different routes to contribute to better menstrual health. Working with 80 young Nepali illustrators, Sophie Malafon has just published the book Kumari's Adventure with Her Moon Cycle to help young girls and others to understand the changes in their bodies with menstruation. Yan Maharjan has been called Nepal's Padman for his efforts to create chemical-free, climate-friendly pads and make them available countrywide. And Nita Timsina has introduced menstrual leave for employees in her company. Of course, much more remains to be done. As Gyan points out, only one-third of the bathrooms in government schools have reliable running water, a prerequisite for good hygiene. While Chaupadi, the practice of segregating women, usually in small, unsafe sheds outdoors, after giving birth or when having their periods, happens mostly in far western Nepal. Women in every type of household, in all parts of the country, face discrimination when menstruating. And, as we all know, government budget pledges are only the first step to seeing changes made on the ground. Finally, we people living in the capital Kathmandu particularly those of us who spend much of our days online, have a skewed understanding of life in Nepal. Awareness-raising efforts need to focus on the country's villages. Here, recently elected local governments, which have proven to be effective in other health and education ventures, should be enlisted as partners. Please listen now to my chat with Nita Timsina, Gyan Maharjan and Sophie Malafon. Yan Maharjan, Sophie Malifan, and Nita Timsina, welcome to Nepal Now. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So there's been a lot happening in Nepal uh, around menstruation issues recently. Um, there was men a Menstrual Hygiene Day, and I think even a month dedicated to it. There's been more coverage that I noticed in the mainstream media, including this term dignified menstruation, which I'm seeing more and more. And I know from being in the business that there's even a podcast dedicated to menstrual issues in Nepal. So you all work on some aspect of this issue. And uh, I'm wondering if you see this kind of positive movement the way that I've, I've kind of identified it. So let's start with Nita Timsina. Nita, can you tell us why your company, Zendatum, started giving menstrual leave to female employees? And what has been the impact of that? Okay. Previously, I used to work in another company, and when I was working there, uh, most of my team members, they were females, and they used to take the day off when it was really hard for them, and it, it used to be sick leave, right? But 
awkward to me that it's not a kind of sickness that uh, you take the day off or maybe it should be celebrated. So when I started my new company, Generator, a year back, I thought uh, it would be a really good place for females to have some kind of uh, gender understanding and easiness to work on. So I decided um, uh, why not try this because just one day for the month and those time it was mostly COVID affected. Most of them were working from home anyway. So yeah, that's why why you started it. Okay, great. And in general, how is the what has been the impact? Is everyone happy? Are your female and male employees happy? Do you find that uh, productivity has gone down or gone up? Uh, people might think that the productivity might go down when the, uh, all the female uh, employees are not present or not working, but it's not actually like that. What I've noticed is uh, because of the easiness in working, because they are comfortable working, I've uh, found that uh, they are actually happy and more productive in work whenever they are here. And uh, though there, there might be some concerns from the male employees who are not getting leave as per uh, their female counterparts, uh, it's uh, really uh, not much of a grave issue because uh, because they have got sisters at home, they have got mothers at home, then they understand eventually, right? Uh, they, they take it as a basis for gender equality, more of equity and empathetic matters because once there is an understanding in the work group, they are really collaborative with each other. And I think the productivity has gone up because uh, in recent times, the scope of work has changed. You should not be present in the office clicking your keyboards all the time. Uh, it's what you commit to the work. It's how you take responsibility and accountability for the work. So uh, even if you take the day off, even if you are not present there, if you are responsible for your work, then uh, I think the productivity has not gone down that way. Okay, okay. And I'm just one more question before we move on. I'm wondering about your fellow company owners. Like, do any of them come to you and say, well, now my employees are going to expect me to do the same thing and I don't want to do it. And why did you, why did you start this practice? Uh, none yet. None of them have ever told me that yet. But maybe it's because uh, it looks so good. Uh, it, it is so celebratable that uh, they think that they need to implement it on their company as well. So uh, until now, none of them have raised concern. Those who have come forward, they have supported me instead. Okay, well, that's very positive. Uh, Sophie Malefant, you've just published a book, Kumari's Adventure with Her Moon Cycle. So I'm assuming that you're feeling quite positive about working in this area. Yeah, I do. I do. And I also know that that's partly because of the community that we've created over the last um, two and a half years to create Kumari's Adventure with her Moon Cycle. We've obviously attracted people who are very passionate um, and determined to change some of the narrative around menstruation. So yeah, I, I probably have a skewed, slightly skewed view around um, the demographic. <laughs> um, and we are also part of the MHMPA, which is the Menstrual, uh, Menstrual Hygiene Management Partnership Alliance Nepal. So we see all of the work that other NGOs and other kind of organizations and politicians and other activists in different forms, all of the work that they are doing, um, it keeps us grounded, I guess, um, to, to see that there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of challenge still happening out there. There's a lot of things that are kind of still covered up sometimes. Um, and yeah, a lot of focus on certain things, but maybe not on on the biggest picture. 
Um, but yeah, I will say that I'm here to represent more than 80 young people who have drawn, uh, have illustrated Kumari's adventure with her moon cycle. So yeah, although it's just me today, um, picture like many, many people are here behind the microphone with me. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. And I know that you came to Nepal first in 2015 at a very uh, interesting or unfortunate time, maybe just before that massive earthquake hit the country. At that time, you weren't working in this area, if I understand correctly. So I'm wondering what got you interested in this particular issue? Um, yeah, correct. So I arrived into Nepal six days before the earthquake, the first time I ever visited. Um, and that kind of catapulted me into the kind of charity, charitable world of supporting communities. Um, and I raised money after the earthquake. Um, and then when I when I came back a few times later, um, once the kind of the rebuild of the school that we were sponsoring had finished, that was when I started to really understand some of the impact um, around the, the menstruation and the taboos and the stigmas around menstruation have, particularly on sort of school education and how it can really um, hinder hinder young people, um, you know, at a very very formative age. And a lot of people that I was in in conversation with really kind of they picked that as a real topic that was would be good for me to to get more insight into and to understand in a different way. And so yeah, it just happened very organically. Really. Um, and then when the when the pandemic hit, we'd already started to do um, workshops in Nepal. Um, I would be, I'd been there, you know a long time and had been present at many different workshops that had been held never by me as a foreigner but always by a Nepali facilitator but I would be present um and so yeah once the, the pandemic hit and we had lots of people via social media wanting to kind of continue that movement um that was when the idea to create a kind of collaborative storybook happened okay great so Gyan Maharjan I know from reading about you uh, in media that you have been making reusable sanitary pads for some years, and you're even known as Nepal's Padman after the movie about the Indian man who also got into making sanitary pads. And so I imagine that with all of this discussion and increasing talk about uh, issues of menstruation, that would have been good for your business. Does, is that true? Do you see a positive trend in how society deals with menstruation? Yes, of course. Um, I increase the awareness to all the people about them, uh, the benefit of the menstruation to uh, involvement in this sector to provide public awareness. My aim is not uh, to be a businessman. Just I want to sensitize women to focus on the uh, chemical free pads. I decided to provide easy access to get climate uh, chemical free pads for women, all women in Nepal, uh, and raise public awareness for clean and hygiene their menstruation. Uh, when men involved in this sector, it's normal to say negative uh, in community due to the uh, lack of knowledge about the menstruation. But now, all the men and women are educated, uh, equally educated, so that it's, it's very uh, normal to talk about menstruation uh, easily, I think so. 
Okay, that's a very good point. Yeah, making men and boys aware about these issues so that we don't hear about these incidents where, you know, boys are teasing girls in school if they happen to have an accident during their period and that kind of thing. So if I understood correctly, Gian, you're saying that nowadays men are more aware than they were when you started doing this work. And so I'm wondering, what is making men more aware? Are they learning in school or are they learning from people like you? Um, okay, they're learning from school uh, and um, community anywhere, public places as anywhere. Okay, so there is, like I said, you know, when we started out, there is much more talk just in general about these issues in the media, in schools. You know, I've seen interviews with some of the ministers recently around the Menstrual Hygiene Day. So it does just seem to be society in general is much more open, I think, to these conversations than they were, you know, a decade ago or even maybe five years ago. So have, having talked a little bit about all of this positive, these positive developments, I'm wondering what happens next and maybe uh, what should happen next. So Nita, getting back to you, you, you talked about your own organization and how well it's been going to date. What do you think needs to happen so that the kind of initiative that you put in place can be accelerated and be, can become you know, more widely adopted? Do you, do you think that you need uh, more encouragement from the government or is it more awareness in society that maybe happens in schools? What do you think needs to happen for to see this kind of initiative more broadly accepted? Uh, so I think for um, making the situation better, I think we should work on all of these aspects, starting right from the school with the, the primary education. I think before the adolescence period of each uh, individual, I don't say female or male, of all the individuals, they should be made aware of the changes in their bodies. They should be made aware of uh, the natural process that will take part in their life uh, later. And then... Starting from there, there should be a system of harmony between uh, both the genders. For example, I've uh, seen that uh, the menstruation is taken as a form of taboo in most of the societies in Nepal. Uh, they kind of are hesitant to declare they are menstruating or there is untouchability going on. Even in the southern uh, part of Nepal, there is Chaupadi Pratha where they uh, keep females in a separate home for four or five days and there's the risk of wild animals looming around. So starting from there, from from home, from the school, uh, I think it should go up towards the corporate they work in, in the companies where they make their career. And every, everybody should be made aware of it. Everybody should know about it. It's a natural phenomenon. It's not a kind of sickness. It's, it's not uh, what should be uh, what should be disgusting the people. And from there, I think we can build on something. And from there, we can make the government we can press the government upon likewise making sanitary pads available in all the parts of the country, making hygiene products available in all the parts of the country and uh, making policies and decisions at such. Okay. And I'm wondering, do you see yourself as, you know, somehow being a bit of a leader in this, in the corporate world in Nepal? Would you encourage other companies to do this? Or do you think that's not really your your role? You're just trying to 
do better with the people you work with? If there is a um, there is a lake, suppose the corporate who, um, sector in Nepal is a lake, then I think I'm sure as well producing some ripples around it so it it, it will travel uh, it will create a sensation later on but right now i'm just uh, focused on making the lives of my employees better of my loved ones better over the time it will go out what will go out people will be more aware they will be more empathetic upon encompassing these policies on their organization as well and when this starts maybe it will go on to uh, their home, their relatives. So I think I'm just creating some ripples right now. There, there's this huge lake that's full of um, discrimination, that's full of taboos, and I'm just trying to make some changes in it. Okay, great. I really like that analogy. Uh, Sophie, what about yourself? I know that you know through the time you spent in Nepal, you've been um, exposed to girls and women also throughout the country. I think you have learned a lot in a short period of time about the situation nationwide. I mean, what do you feel needs to happen overall to to advance this agenda, this broader agenda? We are really focusing on kind of creative um, creative education pieces. And I love that Marty mentioned in the introduction about dignified menstruation and how that's becoming quite a kind of buzzword I would say but it, it it kind of is indicative of what is happening or trying to happen within the education world of creating kind of toolkits and um, different kind of resources so that different kind of people who have different education um, or different learning styles have different um, different resources that they can they can connect with so Kumari's Adventure is just one of those and it's a storybook and it's interactive and it's really bright colors and has questions throughout it that Kumari asks but that might not always you know um, appeal to every young person so we've been working with Dignity Without Danger and they've been really supportive and they're working with Global Action Nepal to create a menstrual education toolkit which should be going into schools across Nepal Hopefully in the near future, it depends on sort of funding and um, and different resources have been approved. But that should mean that there are different, you know, like Global Action Nepal, for example, and others do radio programs so that it means that young people can hear on the radio, hear positive stories of menstruation or hear positive kind of see themselves or hear themselves within a, a radio program and be like, oh, OK, that, you know, that applies to me as well. Yeah, it's really important to have different avenues to come to this topic of menstruation um, and to be able to interact with it in your own way and, and to know that it, there is no right way. <laughs> there is no right way to talk about, to to manage your own menstruation. But the most important thing is to start these conversations in a healthy way within the home, within school, within work work communities, as Nita's talking about. It's such an important way that that these ripples will continue to grow throughout the society. Okay, great. Stepping back and looking at the trying to look at the whole picture, is the issue one of you know sending a message or or trying to get women and girls to understand that by by focusing on this issue, which is primarily an issue of women and girls, is it also to get them to understand that you know, they are an important part of society, their concerns, their their bodies, their health, obviously different than men's bodies and health in, in important ways, but that they are equally important, that 
these are things that should not be hidden just because they're different. Is that part of the bigger challenge here? I think it is more about uh, making equal privileges to both genders or even non-binary genders because uh, if, a, if a whole group of uh, community or a gender is uh, going through some sort of issues or problems, then uh, there's not much of a state of equality, right? But if you want equal participation from all the genders, uh, then... I think we have to uh, take them up to the level where they enjoy equal privileges, where they can work from the sense of equity rather from that of equality. Okay, great. Yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you, Nita. Uh, again, I wanted to ask you uh, the question also. Um, you've done, I think, very well in, in your work of raising awareness and creating these pads that you're, you're making available to women. What else would you like to happen in the country for your mission to be more successful? Do you need more assistance from the government? Do you need um, to visit more schools to talk to children? What would you like to see happen so that you can be more impactful in the work that you do? The government should start a friendly for women. One, one thing, yeah, uh, do, uh, during the period. Next thing, the government should to start it uh, like awareness about the menstruation from their own teachers from the schools. Another data in Nepal, 33% of the toilet, uh, there are no water. So government should focus on management of the public toilets and easy access to uh, get water to toilet in a school. Uh, main thing is sensitization, like uh, we want to sensitize any anyway, uh, like uh, any organization, uh, any government, more and more male person about the menstruation. Okay, thank you. So there are a few points there you made. One is that important point that discrimination doesn't only happen in the far west. There are different types of discrimination. It's not only what happens in Chaupadi, but these discrimin discriminatory practices happen in the Kathmandu Valley, in middle-class, upper-class homes, just as they do in, in other forms in other places. Um, the other one is you made the point that you would like government to also provide menstrual leave and for there to be more awareness raising in government schools as well. And I like the point that you made about um, water not being available. I mean, it's fine to have toilet facilities in schools, but if there's not water and soap, then you're missing a very important part of that whole infrastructure that needs to be available. And finally, again, this point about making men aware about menstruation, which I, I'm sure is another big, big challenge um, still, still waiting to be met. Thanks again to Sophie, Nita, and Gyan for speaking with me today. You can find information about their work in the resources listed for this episode. Let us know what you thought about today's chat. We're at Nepal Now or at Nepal Now Pod on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Favorite, like, or follow the show on your usual podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. And on that note, this is episode number 50 of Nepal Now. Thank you to everyone who's helped us reach this mark and to you for listening. 
After two years, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in September. Meanwhile, if you haven't been with us from day one, please take the time to check out our 49 previous episodes. My name is Marty Logan. I produce Nepal Now, and I'll talk to you again in September. <laughs>